Sholem Aleichem, welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I am visiting with Carrot O'Brien, an accomplished writer, performer, and director. Her translation from the Yiddish of Sholem Asha's God of Vengeance set show world aflame, according to The Village Voice, and was produced by the Rorschach Theater in Washington, D.C. She is three-time recipient of a play commissioned from the National Foundation for Jewish Culture for her contemporary adaptation of David Pinsky's Yiddish classic, Jake the Mechanic, as well as the first-ever English translations of Sholem Asha's underworld plays, Motka Theft and The Dead Man. Carrod wrote an online history of the Yiddish theater for NYU and has lectured on Yiddish theater at Harvard University, Queens College, the 92nd Street Y, Detroit's Jewish Ensemble Theater, the New York Public Library, among other places. She graduated summa cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa, with a BA in Yiddish literature from Boston University, studied Yiddish and Hebrew at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem and Irish Gaelic at the National University of Ireland. An alumna of the Yiddish Book Center's summer internship program, Carrot is currently playing two small roles in the New York Yiddish Rep's Yiddish production of Eugene Ionesco's Rhinoceros. Welcome, and forgive me what was actually a short introduction. Your accomplishments are many. Oh, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Um, thrilled to have you here. Um, you know, over the years, we've been in touch about writing assignments and alumni profiles, and I've really never had a chance to visit with you, so this is great. And I've always wanted to ask you, how did you find your way to Yiddish? Well, uh, you know, I was born in Ireland, um, and my uh, grandfather's family were native Irish speakers from the Aran Islands, so I, I grew up with this idea of um, the importance of a minority language um, in, in a culture and its influence on mainstream literature, Anglo-Irish literature, and uh, I came to, oh, I was in uh, America as a high school student, and we studied Bresheva Singer uh, in an American lit class. He was an American writer, wrote in Yiddish and won the Nobel Prize, and I was really moved by his writing, so I decided to go to the Boston Public Library. Um, my family was in Hingham, Massachusetts and uh, read all the Yiddish books in translation. And there were several by Grada, and I, I loved them all, but I was particularly uh, inspired by his memoir, My Mother's Sabbath Days. And I said to myself, oh, I, I want to learn Yiddish. And I had been studying French and Spanish, and I knew some Irish. Um, so it didn't seem like a big deal. And, and when I went to Boston University, I went to a, a program called the University Professors Program, where you could make your own major. And so I majored in Yiddish literature. And I, I started learning Hebrew first. And then the university professor's program, this is total kismet, was on the same floor or in the same building as the School of Theology. And I was walking down for a meeting with my advisor. I spoke Hebrew. I started learning Hebrew because they didn't have um, any Yiddish classes. And I didn't really quite know the difference between the two languages at that point. Or, you know, not really. And um, I see this poster. I really wanted to learn Yiddish. I see this poster that says, learn Yiddish, and not only learn Yiddish, but get paid $1,500 to learn Yiddish, and, you know, have a place to live, and it blew my mind, and of course it was um, a poster advertising the internship program at the Yiddish Book Center. So I sent out my application, and I took a bus to Amherst and uh, interviewed with Neil Zagorin and Jeffrey Aronofsky, and I was offered um, an internship, and it was really such a wonderful, wonderful, amazing 
summer for me. Robert Shapiro was my first Yiddish teacher, and he was a wonderful teacher, and uh, such a great experience. It's such fond memories of, of my time there. And that was um, what we now refer to as the earlier days where it was a summer internship and you schlepped books and you learned mm-hmm. Yiddish. Now it's evolved to the Steiner Summer Yiddish Program, which picks up on that idea and explores um, both the language and the culture. And um, again, it was kind of interesting. I wonder if you can tell me quickly a little bit about what that experience was for you and sort of how it played out for you. Uh, well, there's there's something really holy about books and about holding an entire literature in your hands and opening up. We really were opening up boxes. We were in the warehouse with its, you know, oiled slick uh, uh, wooden floors and we were using the forklifts. And so, you know, and then we quickly learned the, uh, I knew the alphabet, we quickly learned uh uh, you know, the basics of Yiddish so we could read the titles and figure out where the books went. And, you know, we'd almost recognize the books by the um, their their look or their cover or their size and, you know, box after box of translations of Guy de Maupassant and things like that and the Hemingway translations as well as Sholem Alechem and Sholem Ash and, and occasionally, very occasionally, a Chaim Grada novel, which was very special. And... Uh, one book that I remember finding some was Zilberswag's, um Salman Zilberswag was a great Yiddish theater historian, and he had a book. He'd written several books about the history of the Yiddish theater, but one book he had was just a book about all the books out there in Yiddish about the Yiddish theater. And to me, that was amazing, because I, I was always really excited about theater. Um, and that book would become hugely influential for me later on. Uh, so we would just, we'd have our class in the morning and we there was 10 of us and we'd chat and touch and smell these incredible books. And um, we all lived in the same apartment complex and we just had a lot of fun. Uh, there were some amazing uh, students with me. There was Sarah Benor, who's now a, a Yiddish linguist, and Daniel Koken, who's a, a professor of Jewish history. Um, and then later, uh, maybe four years later, I went back and I uh, helped Neil run the internship program. And Peter Manso was one of was learning Yiddish then at that time was an intern, and we became friends. And um, so it was just a, a fascinating. And of course, Neil was such a fountain of knowledge about Yiddish culture and Yiddish music and Yiddish books and. So we really felt, and I really felt mentored and encouraged and inspired uh, while I was there. Um, And a few years ago, we asked you to write a piece for our English language magazine, Pockentrager. And the assignment Mm -hmm. was to answer the question, sort of, why read? And we left that blank um, so that you and the other writers could choose a particular Yiddish author. Um, And wanted you to make the case, and you chose Sholomash, and to quote a line from your piece, if I may, um, I read Sholomash because he is a global writer with an amazing, unflinching social conscience. What about his work speaks to you both as a writer, actress, translator, performer, and probably safe to say a Yiddishist? Definitely, definitely. Well, you know, social justice is an important part of my life and, and something that I care about. And the way that Sholomash weaves together his uh, artistic life 
and his political beliefs, and the way so many Yiddish writers did, honestly. It was a huge uh, draw to me to uh, uncovering um, and Yiddish writers that I didn't know about and, and learning the language. He got a vengeance. Another gift that I got to the Yiddish Book Center was an introduction to Ruth Weiss, the, the great master of um, Yiddish literary scholarship, and I took a Yiddish theater class with her, and we read God of Vengeance in uh, Yiddish. And so when I went to New York, it was always my interest to be, I'm always very interested in, in, in literature, but theater was my kind of bread and butter growing up. It's the art form that kind of shaped me and inspired me. So after I got my degree in Yiddish literature, I moved to New York to pursue a theatrical career, and I was working with a company called Toto Kanada on Ludlow Street, where not far from where there was many Yiddish uh, theatrical companies, and I was so surprised that nobody knew about the Yiddish theater, uh, and I was talking to people, but nobody had any sense, or if they did, it was a, some kind of grotesque caricature, and um, I saw a production of God of Vengeance in a small theater there, and it was so divorced from the play that I had read in Yiddish that it was shocking, and it felt like such a disservice to Sholomash, who'd been such a creative, uh, courageous, creative, yes, of course, but courageous writer, really going after big forces in society and religion um, fearlessly, uh, that I was complaining about it, and my future partner and my uh, the director of the theater, Aaron Bell, said, um, well, you know, stop complaining about it and translate it yourself. And so I did, and and I began reading his other plays in Yiddish and translating them. And, uh, you know, wonderful roles for women, which is such a hallmark of the Yiddish uh, theatrical canon. There's always a great part for women, and, and that's something that gives me the energy to translate because, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's easier to write a play than it is to translate one. So you were drawn to translation, just mother is the um, <laughs> um, necessity, um, necessity is the mother yeah. of invention, excuse me. Um, so it sounds like you did that just so that you could get these plays to be accessed by others? Yes, yes, and also to, you know, I, I felt the connection, I felt a deep responsibility because I was one, I was certainly the only young person in theater that I knew at the time who spoke Yiddish. And, um, you know, there's all this false information out there. And when you have, when you know the truth, uh, you know, I just felt that you had a resp- I had a responsibility to share that truth. Now it's amazing to see in the 20 years since I began translating um, how much the conversation about Yiddish culture and Yiddish literature and theater in large part due to the Yiddish Book Center, has shifted, and there's a much improved general understanding. It still has a long way to go, but it, mm-hmm. I really felt that uh, people didn't know much or had a, a, a great misconception about theatrical people, about the Yiddish theater, um, when I was first starting out. Well, I think that sort of um, segues into discussion about what you're working on now. I just saw the New Yiddish Rep's presentation or performance of Rhinoceros, Ionesco's play, and it's performed in Yiddish with English supertitles. It's a great performance. Um, Carrot, I really, I was wowed by what I saw. And I think in a large way, it broadens the conversation, and um, I think it expands beyond just 
um, okay, this has been presented in Yiddish because, you know, English literature was translated into Yiddish at one point so that an audience of Yiddish readers could access modern literature. And it feels as though the impetus to perform this in Yiddish is in a way echoing that. that um, and I wonder if you could speak to that. Yes, I mean, throughout the history of, of Yiddish literature and, and Yiddish theater, they've done translations of world literature into Yiddish, um, partly because it was a new genre that needed source material and partly to educate it, educate um, an audience that didn't have a world secular education. The New Yiddish Rep is a company I've been working with for about a year, and in addition to doing original Yiddish plays, they're really dedicated to uh, doing modern 20th century classics um, in Yiddish. Uh, Eli Rosen, uh, or Ellie Rosen, um, who's a, a wonderful new actor, translated it. It's his first translation. And he is someone who was trained as a, a cantor and grew up in a Hasidic household and is really steeped in traditional Jewish um, education and language. And he did a wonderful uh, translation of Ionesco's Rhinoceros from the English. It was originally written in French, so he consulted the French text somewhat. And, you know, it's a play about fascism and how we all turn into rhinoceroses if we're complacent and don't, and, and how big that force of fascism, how it just rolls on and how much easier it is to just follow it and become a rhinoceros as opposed to uh, go in a different direction. Which, again, was really interesting to me. I'm not a Yiddish speaker, so I had to read the super titles. Um, mm -hmm. But sitting there experiencing this play, you know, um, in Yiddish with people around me who were Yiddish speakers and, and understood it um, without reading the super titles uh, also was really interesting to me because I imagined, again, this is um, a play that had great relevance um, in its time, and it certainly has relevance in the present. And you imagine that there was an audience of Yiddish um, speakers who would have wanted this brought to them on stage as part of a contemporary culture at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, it's just um, there's a lot of, I think, complexity to to the performance and to what it means in a broader sense. And I wonder if you give thought to what other works you'd like to see translated into Yiddish or, you know, or performed in Yiddish. Well, my particular passion is actually um, performing Yiddish plays. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they, they did a gorgeous production of Death of the Salesman that was definitely, I wasn't involved with it, it was definitely the best production of Death of the Salesman I'd ever seen. I really understood Willie Loman's insanity mm -hmm. uh, when it was so rooted in, in Yiddish culture. Uh, they did a beautiful production of Waiting for Godot um, by Beckett, and I think they have some interest in doing um, some more Beckett in Yiddish. You know, the theater of the absurd and the experimental theater has a kind of a, a resonance, especially the post-war works uh, when it's done in Yiddish. And uh, up, upcoming they're doing, and this I'm excited for, is that Clifford Odette's Awake and Sing, um, and of 
course, that's a classic American play about a Jewish family. And when he originally wrote it, he um, had a lot more Yiddish in it than was in the Broadway uh, debut starring Stella Adler. But the the company, the group theater, said, no, yeah, it's too Yiddish. You have to you have to take out some of this Yiddish. So they're putting all of that back in. So the the American works where you can really see the connection to um, the Yiddish language and culture is really powerful. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of research on, and, and in fact, I've, hopefully I've just finished a book or, you know, the close finishing phase of a book about Seymour Rexat and Miriam Cresson, who were two of the last great stars of the Yiddish theater, and they had a radio show on air for about um, 50 years on uh, WVD for Maxwell House Coffee, and it was really an incredible ahead-of-its-time show that made the connection between um, Yiddish theater and Broadway theater and talked about the composers of both Broadway and uh, Second Avenue, most of whom had the same biographies. They were born Yiddish speakers. Um, uh, they went to the settlement houses or to Juilliard, and then some went uptown and some stayed downtown. And they would translate the classic songs of Irving Caesar or Irving Berlin uh, into Yiddish and sing them. And, you know, it just they just went so perfectly in the Yiddish idiom that you really saw that these quintessential American songs, like what could be more American than, you know, Irving Berlin, God Bless America, or White Christmas, and how they had their roots in Yiddish culture and, and language. And so, so that's what's exciting about it. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, it's exciting for me to see all that our alumni have gone off and done, and I wondered if you can look back at those early days when you sort of first were teased into being interested in this uh, to now and your immersion in it in so many different forms, um, if you would have imagined that you could have sort of carved out um, a professional life that includes Yiddish? Well, you know, I'm, I'm delighted by it. Um, I've had such access to such incredible minds because I spoke Yiddish. It, it has always been a door opener for me, and I recognize the value of that, you know, pretty instantaneously while I was in college. You know, I got paid to learn the language for crying out loud. And then I studied with Eli Wiesel and I spoke to him in Yiddish. And then I had conversations with Saul Bellow in Yiddish. I wouldn't have met him if I hadn't spoken Yiddish. And then I, I was able to have a lovely meeting with Harold Bloom where we talked about Yiddish literature. So it was just, um, you know, as an immigrant American, even though I came here as a kid and no one would know necessarily that I was an immigrant. Uh, I've been fascinated with what is Yiddish culture and, oh, excuse me, what is American culture? And a big part of American culture is is been shaped by this incredible language. Um, what I enjoy so much about working with a Yiddish company like New Yiddish Rep is that the actors are all such intellectuals, even though many of them have left the Hasidic community, didn't have a good secular education. But they had a really good Jewish education. They all speak several languages. We're always, you know, breaking down words. Um, and, you know, this is something that I think really appeals to an actor sensibility. Um, and it's the kind of multiple language uh, basis of, of Jewish culture that makes its languages so 
much fun to play with and experiment and, and, and to speak on stage. So um, I always just knew that I wanted to be in the theater and I wanted to work with words and I wanted to work with literature. Um, and I'm not at all surprised that uh, Yiddish became such a huge part of it because it from the moment I discovered it, it just gave me so much pleasure and, um, and such an interesting insight and access to a really rich part of American culture that, you know, I would never think of stepping away from those incredible conversations. And before I let you go, is there one work or writer whose work you'd like to translate or see staged? Uh, well, you know, Sholomash is my favorite. He's written uh, eight pl- 18 plays, mm-hmm. and I've translated three. I'd love in my lifetime to translate and, and, and produce them all. Um, we'll see how many I get through. <laughs> Um, well, Karen, thank you for taking the time to join me today, and uh, thank you for all of your work, um, your enthusiasm, your depth of knowledge. All of it is really exciting, um, and we look forward to seeing how it all continues to play out. So don't be a stranger. Come drop by and visit sometime. I certainly will. Thanks right. so much for the uh, conversation. Okay. Be well. Take care. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, please visit our website at yiddishbookcenter.org. This week's episode was produced by me, Zeke Levine. Until next time, seid gesund, be well, and be healthy.